Hello and welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I am, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 206th episode, our guest is Howie Statland. Here is how he describes himself and his store, Rivington Guitars. This year, we are celebrating 23 years of business, 23 years of finding guitar players the guitar of their dreams. Located at 73 East 4th Street, our store is right in the heart of the East Village of Manhattan. We like to keep our prices low and our customers delighted. We buy, sell, trade, and repair all vintage guitars, amps, keyboards, and more. Our expert repair shop features quick, reasonable prices and reliable service. Since we opened in 1998, Rivington Guitars has come to be known as the best little guitar store in New York City, and this is a reputation we have earned. Rivington Guitars specializes in vintage guitars, and we know vintage guitars. It's what we do best. We have over 350 vintage guitars in stock at all times. Fender, Gibson, Gretsch, Martin, Rickenbacker, Silvertone, and Harmony, as well as many other unusual brands. Owner and proprietor Howie Statland is a featured survey participant for the Vintage Guitar Price Guide. He is one of 25 select guitar dealers throughout the USA who helps determine the values set forth in the Vintage Guitar Price Guide. He has been dealing guitars for over 20 years. A list of some of our satisfied clients include Paul Simon, The Killers, The Strokes, Courtney Love and Hole, Elvis Costello, Jeff Tweedy and Wilco, The Black Keys, Colts, Green Day, Arcade Fire, Brian Jonestown Massacre, Vampire Weekend, Motley Crue, Jonathan Richmond, Mumford and Sons, Jay Mascus and Dinosaur Jr., The Smashing Pumpkins, Nora Jones, Peter Bjorn and John, and many other local New York City working musicians. Our store began in 1998 on Rivington Street, hence our name, and expanded to a larger location on East 4th Street in 2008. We have since opened an acoustic store called Rivington Guitars Unplugged on the same street as our main store. Besides selling fine vintage guitars, we also offer guitar lessons at affordable rates, rental services, and appraisal services. Our website is updated daily and our inventory is on our website. There's always something new at Rivington Guitars, so come in today. And now on to the show. Well, uh, hey, thanks for doing this tonight. I appreciate you taking the time. You got it. You got it, Rob. Yeah. Um, well, just to start out with, uh, I, I'm very familiar with uh, you and your store because I've watched pretty much every single thing you post on Instagram at this point. But cool. um, <laughs> if you could just go ahead and introduce yourself for people that don't know who you are. Um, Howie Statland, um, uh, a musician and the owner of Rivington Guitars. Yes, yes. And as I mentioned, a uh, very, very good follow if you're into guitars and vintage guitars and and historical guitars uh on instagram uh very just fascinating videos that you have on there so um good job on that thank you rob thank yeah. you appreciate that man no oh, no problem um i wanted just to start out with though uh talk a little bit about how you got started in this whole uh music business uh, how did you start playing how did you start deciding to sell what what's your story well, I um, had bands. I was in a band in the 90s called Thin Lizard Dawn. And we uh, did a lot of things. We put out a bunch of records by ourselves. And then we got signed to RCA. And we did a, three records for RCA. And we toured with a lot of people like Lenny Kravitz and uh, the Verve Pipe when they were big. We went around with them and 
Lemonheads, a lot of different bands we played with. And um, then we, my band broke up and my band was like my life. And then we broke up. The guy who we were renting rehearsal space from had started Rivington Guitars with a, hmm. part, with a partner and um, his name was Tom Nastasi. And uh, we, uh, he wanted to, like, as soon as he opened it up, he had a falling out with his partner. Hmm. And I knew this guy and my band had broken up and I was looking for jobs. I was working in like, I used to work in the theater um, while my band, before my band got signed and stuff. And um, I was just looking for odd jobs and then, I heard that he had a falling out with his partner and he was going to turn the store, which is not like it is now. It was very small. And um, uh, he was going to turn the store into a bar. And I was like, just let me run the store and uh, I can make this work for you. So he uh, hired me and I ran the store for a few years and then he just wanted to get out of it. Mm. And I essentially took over the lease and took over the business and he took his guitars and I started my own thing from like scratch. Wow. Yeah. And um, so that was in 1998, 99. And we were on Rivington. And so, yeah. And so, and I still was playing music. I had a band called New York City Smoke. Mm. And also um, I played with Philip Glass and did some experimental music. Mm. Um, yeah. And, um, and I, just sort of the whole time that I was playing, I was just, I was always such a gearhead and um, just that opportunity just was perfect for me. And I just um, seized it and, and just, I didn't even know if I could, you know, make a guitar store work. And uh, now like almost 25 years later, it's, it's been, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. And you just have a, I'm looking on your, your website here. Just, you've got the list of your clients. You just go on and on just anybody who's anybody that, <laughs> that, that I'm interested in has, has been, been through your store. Uh, how did you, how did you kind of establish yourself though? Cause I mean, you're in New York city. I imagine there's a million guitar stores in the city. How did you kind of get your foothold and kind of distinguish yourself from the pack here? Um, well, I, from the beginning, I always got guitars that I would want to have and guitars that mm. you couldn't get at guitar center or you couldn't get at the other guitar stores. Mm -hmm. So I would always travel, and my band traveled. So I would always travel and seek out, you know, the special thing about my store is there are guitars that you can't get elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Like I'm for the most part, like vintage, mainly vintage guitars. I don't sell any like new lines or anything like that because mm. I just, that's sort of how I set myself apart from other guitar stores. You're not going to see any of like, you know, new tailors or nothing against Taylor, but uh, we were just, uh, you know, I just wanted to have special guitars. So I traveled all over the country getting guitars. And, um, and then I just, you know, set up shop and I feel like, um, you know, bands would just find me. Mm. And um, there's a lot of bands that I sold their first like fuzz pedals to. Cool. Uh, yeah. And um, so it's been, I, that really, you know, makes me feel good when I, I know what works for me, you know, uh, with like fuzz pedals and I can show another musician that and, um, you know, turn them on to tones and um, that's what makes it exciting for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no, that's, it's such a, I mean, I, I, I think that's 
partially why I enjoy watching your videos so much is because I, I every single guitar you show is it's like it, it's got you can tell it's got a story and a history and it's unique and it's like you said you're not going to find it just off an assembly line I mean at one time you could a lot of them I'm sure but not not much anymore I'm sure yeah, um yeah. but you, you I assume have to do a lot of research with these guitars like you have to educate yourself a lot on the history of these brands oh, and companies so and stuff yeah yeah I mean there's there's the best book is, I think, is uh, American Guitars by Tom Wheeler. Mm. I read that. When I, whenever somebody starts to work for me, I'm like, you got to read this book mm. <laughs> because it gives you a synopsis of like every guitar, American guitar maker. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, um, and yeah, you just have to do a lot of research. I mean, there's just and a lot of not only do you do research and read about it, but you have to like you have to know if something is correct or not. So you have to mm -hmm. have experience looking at you know neck dates and like pots and whether something is original or not you just have to have the experience of having seen what is original mm -hmm. so. do you ever have the experience of finding out something that uh, is advertised as one thing ended up after you look into it a little further not as much it's like when you see the antiques roadshow and it's like you know the same person thinks they've got like the special treasure and they're like well no this is a fake here and this is worth nothing so i do i actually you know i actually have a couple stories oh man that are, that are pretty crazy one time i bought um do you want to hear it do you want to sure, hear it? absolutely one time i uh at a guitar show i i bought a it was at a guitar show in long island uh-huh and I bought um, a ES-335 that was supposed to be a 1961. Mm -hmm. Somebody turned, somebody, a 1961 ES-335 will have like five serial numbers mm. as opposed to like a 67 uh, ES-335, which will have six serial numbers. Mm. So somebody had erased one of the serial numbers. Ooh. And I didn't look closely enough and I bought it sort of quickly and sort of believed the guy and um and it turned out i bought it and i looked more after i bought it i looked more closely at it and I actually showed it to a colleague of mine and he was like you didn't buy that that's that's not a 61 that's a 67 and i was like oh man that's a 67 <laughs> i mean this so rarely happens that i that i make a, mistakes happen right but uh, so so i called the guy and i was like this is not what you told me it was it was a it's a 61. It's a 67. You told me it was 61. There's a big difference in price between a 61, mm -hmm. a 67, 335 and 61. Mm. 61, they had Mickey Mouse ears, which is the way that the, 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 the cutouts look like Mickey Mouse ears. Ah. Also, the neck angle was different. The, the neck shape was totally different. They had different pickups. Um, so I, I wanted him to, you know, make it right. And so he was like, He's like, come to my, uh, he's like, come to my house. And uh, I've got other guitars out, you know, he was like, first he was like, uh, you know, you had the opportunity to look at it, you know, a deal's a deal, you're, you're done. And I was like, look, man, that's not right. You told me it was something that it wasn't, you know, mm -hmm. right thing to do is to make it right. I'll buy more guitars from you. Let's just make this right. So I, I was, so I took my assistant. He was like, come to my house. So I went to his house. And I'm driving to his house and I pass like this like security gate. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like out on Long Island, way out, way out. And uh, turns out he's in like this mansion mm. and he um, has tons of cool guitars. 
refinished Mustangs, like mm. uh, refinished Mustangs, old Jaguars, old Tele Customs, all this stuff. And uh, he made it right. I bought, I, I must've bought like 20 guitars from him. Wow. Going to his house and, it, and, and uh, all really cool stuff. And he, he was like Billy Joel's like neighbor. Oh, wow. Billy Joel. It's pretty crazy, man. He was, he meets some crazy people. Yeah, I'll bet. I mean, I guess good thing you didn't burn that bridge, I guess. Then. No, <laughs> I was talking to, I was talking, and I made extra money by making this mistake. Uh-huh. And another time, uh, one other time that it happened, the mistake led to more money as well. So it was oh, wow. just like, yeah. So cool. what, what, what business can you uh, make mistakes in that then get turned into, <laughs> turn into more money? I don't know. I know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you, uh, do people ever do thing? I mean, I'm sure they do two guitars. I mean, there's, there's other Instagram accounts I follow of, of terrible guitar modifications and it's just like sacrilegious what people have done to their guitars. <laughs> and oh. Like people, I'm sure you see this sometimes where people like tried to make it better and they, they, they totally just made it way. It's <laughs> completely destroyed now. <laughs> like, yeah, all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. What's like, what's like the most common example of that? What do people, what are people trying to do <laughs> that they shouldn't be doing? <laughs> Oh, well, guitar players are notorious tinkers. I mean, all guitar players mm-hmm. think they can get a better tone by by messing with their pickups and their wood. So they'll always, you know, they'll have a very common, they'll, they'll route a single coil pickup for a humbucker. They'll route the body mm. and put a humbucker in there. And, and I mean, I understand that, but on a vintage guitar, you know, just get a different guitar. Yeah. <laughs> seriously <laughs> but they'll be like no i don't want it i want it to play like this but with but with a thicker tone of a old paf you know and so they'll do something like that oh man <laughs> um yeah. now do you have i've seen on your website where there's some like handmade guitars uh how do you price that how do you determine the value i mean i'm sure just the craftsmanship that you observe is part of it but uh, and maybe you know who did it i guess it probably matters too but uh, how often do you encounter the, the the homemade, the handmade guitar that's actually, you know, a good piece? Um, honestly, not very often. Oh, I don't really? know those you actually saw on my site. I think I just saw the one, maybe. <laughs> one, and I don't, and I think, yeah, it looks, it's, I think what it is, is like a, a vintage, like Regal that somebody yeah. messed with. I don't think that the whole thing was completely Okay, homemade. gotcha. But yeah, so, so generally homemade guitars is not my forte. Mm-hmm. Uh, I generally look for Fender and Gibson and Martin and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, but if something's cool that I come across that I dig, I'll get it. And, Cause I think somebody else will dig it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does, yeah. Does somebody uh, modifying it like artistically, uh, is there ever a positive way that someone has, I don't know, decorated the body or, you know, some, some modification that's actually a good thing. I mean, I know with vintage, you wanted it as original as possible, right? Yeah. Well, you, are you familiar with, uh, Eric Clapton's guitar, the fool? Uh, is that the super psychedelic, uh, yeah. is that the SG you're talking about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. Well, that would yeah. be one that was created okay. by, uh, it was painted by some famous sixties, uh, mm-hmm. art collective or something. And that's, that's a famous guitar. So that's one that would be, uh, you know, cool and also Jimi hendrix had a flying v that was painted mm. and also um george harrison during magical mystery tour 
had that Stratocaster that was painted like a rainbow. Mm -hmm. There's there's certainly been a lot of painted guitars that are historically significant in the annals of rock and annals annal annals of rock and roll. Obviously that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I got it. Um, yes. but uh but uh how many guitars do you own personally outside of the store? I imagine it's difficult to pass some on. Uh I have I have like 15 guitars mm-hmm. and uh all the guitars that I've had I've really had for a long time. Okay. It's sort of rare that I I mean I I do have a couple right now that I'm trying to keep, but uh <laughs> it's hard i gotta make pay my bills and um sure you know uh don't uh um so but i um i i mean i have the guitars that i have what i was gonna say is the guitars that i have are ones that i've used on records and mm-hmm. that really have a place in my heart that i've used them sure. um, so you know guitars need need to be played and if i if they're not being played by me they should they should move on to to another person you know they, they need love yeah definitely yeah. definitely yeah. So i have 15 uh, guitars roughly oh that's that's you know that's low i thought you were gonna say more than that yeah. i don't know that i'd be able to like yeah. know some of those ones i've seen yeah <laughs> i just, I, I just I, there's it's yeah, I'm, I'm good with the 15 man i feel like 15 yeah. is the number of like guy ones that i can get the right sound for uh-huh doing right them many guitars you know what do you like playing the most like what type of guitar um i have a 62 jazz master that's my favorite guitar my first really good guitar was a les paul i i have a 93 les paul uh classic premium plus that was like i saved up all my bar mitzvah money and, <laughs> and, bought, and bought that <laughs> when nice. i when i like graduated college <laughs> wow uh, yeah that was the first good guitar i got and then the second guitar i got was a 65 gibson sg jr mm. and um i got that when my band got signed and i got some money from the record label that was like the thing that i got for myself and um that was the first vintage guitar I ever bought and I still have it. Cool. And, um, and, uh, that was the beginning for me. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a, uh, uh, SG Epiphone, but, uh, SG in high school when I was in my high school bands and that cool. stayed with me for a long time. And, uh, these days I'm, I'm playing a hollow body Gretsch and I love it. It's my favorite guitar now. Sweet. Um, yeah, I love, I, yeah, I always wanted a, uh, a hollow body uh uh i'm blanking on the name you know i'm talking about the um arch 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 top yeah yeah yeah. okay cool i always wanted one but i like the twangy sound those give i wasn't prepared for for that before i played one and i I really was blown away by that kind of twangy sound i really like it very cool oh yeah yeah i have a grudge i have a a chet act in 6120 yeah nice That'll do. Before, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Are there any guitars that are like your white whales that you're like always on the hunt for? Like, like if one came across it, you'd you'd snap it up right away just because it's so you know you don't yeah. see it very often. Yeah. Um. There's there's several of those. I mean, any jazz masters, any old jazz masters. Mm. What I love. Um. That that's like my favorite guitar. 
but also Epiphone Wilshire's, any old Epiphone Wilshire's or Epiphone um, like slab body in the 50s. They made a slab body like Les Paul Jr. kind of guitar, but an Epiphone. Um, mm. Those are incredible. That's awesome. They're hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. But um, how have you been doing? I, I, I have a buddy here. I, I live in Indiana and uh, my buddy Mark has a guitar store here as well. And uh, I, he, he was telling me that they were doing great through the pandemic while the, everyone else was, was hurting. Everyone was obviously just sitting home playing guitar. Um, so, yeah. So how, how is, has you, what's that? What's your buddy's guitar store called? Uh, it's Reno's Music in Fishers, Indiana. Cool, cool. Yeah. So during the pandemic, um, wow. So when it started, it was really difficult um, because everyone, first of all, all my employees <laughs> scattered. <laughs> right. And I had to close my store. I was, I was trying to keep my store open and then they had mandated the stores to close. So we closed and um, I had to go back and ship guitars. I was still selling on the internet. Oh, wow. But nobody knew what was really going to happen. So I was just like, selling on the internet and shipping guitars and I'd have to go to the store and ship guitars. And at first, I mean, our business was down like 70%. Oof. And um, yeah, we suffered for months, but then, and then people started, you know, buying cause they weren't really, people started getting the government injected, you know, trillions of dollars into the economy. Oh, yeah. and people, people had money so that they, they spent their money on goods, which were guitars. So we, I sold a lot of guitars, but I make money when I buy guitars because I have really special guitars. So mm. if I can find the guitars that I can buy, and I had really a hard time finding guitars. So, that, that, so that's been a problem. But now since things have opened up a little bit better, I've been able to find them a lot better. And the demand for guitars is definitely through the roof. I mean, mm. people are definitely have definitely taken to music, taken to playing guitar, during this whole COVID situation. And it's definitely benefited the business. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm, guitar sales and musical instrument sales are definitely way up. <coughs> it's just um, a matter, and vintage guitars are way, like the, the price of vintage guitars is way up. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty crazy. It's hard, it's really supply and demand with the vintage guitars. There's less supply and more demand uh, making the price go up. So it's definitely gone up at least 10 for 10, 15% over the past year. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. No, I, uh, he helped me this past year sell my uh, SG and I was expecting, you know, weeks and weeks on the market or whatever. And he put it on that, you know, guitar hotline or whatever. And it's like it, within like a day, he was like, I got an offer. You want to take it? And I'm like, already? Do you, didn't you just list it? Like, yeah. He's like, yeah, people want, the people are hungry for guitars, man. <laughs> like, yeah. True. True. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but how, how's it been? I, you said it's opened up a little bit more, so you're able to do more in-store stuff, I'm assuming. And that's Yeah, well, I went to Texas and got some guitars. I went to mm. Philadelphia and got some guitars. I went to um, Detroit. You know, I, tra I have to travel to get this stuff. Yeah. Stuff doesn't, doesn't just walk into my store. <laughs> right. Well, I was going to ask you about that because I've seen the videos where you talk about coming back from a, a buy trip or whatever. So when you when you go on one of these trips, 
Um, do you have it all mapped out? Uh, do you kind of just see what you find along the way? Are you looking for certain guitars or, or how, what's your process for planning? I've for just, it's just been the ma a matter of experience and having done this so long and traveled mm -hmm. through the U.S. for so long looking for guitars. I have people all over the country that I cook up with mm. that look for guitars for me. So they look for guitars. I go to people's houses. I just went to a guy's house in, in Philadelphia mm -hmm. and bought his 1957 Gretsch Jet Firebird. Ooh. So I got I go to people's houses. I go to um, guitar shows when I can. I go to, um, you know, I just have ways of, I, there's people with collection. I buy collections. There's people mm. that contact me with their collections. Um, it's just a mere my, myriad. Mm -hmm. Is that a word? Yep, uh, you did it. <laughs> uh, a, a myriad of of different ways that I that I that I get uh, guitars. So, um, does yeah. do pawn shops figure into this at all? Yeah, I'll go to pawn shops, but um, I wouldn't say it's my main source of guitars. Mm. Okay, yeah. is there a favorite? era of guitars do you think it was is there a golden age that you consider like the best uh, uh or does it does it depend on the company i guess more i guess. I'd say the 50s mm -hmm. uh, anything 52 to uh early 60s once i'd say between like 52 and 64 when mm -hmm. when the beatles hit they really um started matt producing a lot more guitars when the beatles became popular in 64 mm -hmm. so that created uh, changes in the industry that are reflected in the quality of the guitars. So, um, right. And you know, the electric, the solid body electric guitar was invented in 1952. Mm. It's uh, probably, you know, between 54 and 59 or 62, it was perfected between those years. Between, you know, it was really, it's really the specimens between those years are really the most perfect guitars there are between like 54 and 60 62 i think it's fascinating because uh i always see like jack white and stuff with those uh you probably know the name of it it's it's like a super cheap i mean at the time i'm sure it's expensive now but uh plastic guitars that came out of like a sears catalog but now everybody uh wants them uh maybe i don't think it's dan electro or maybe it's fox or silver tones silver there you go that sounds right yeah i think that's what that, that's what yeah, i mean those, yeah jack white definitely drove that market uh up um same with dan Auerbach from the mm, black right he's, yeah he's bought a bunch of guitars from me um, cool yeah and um that kind of thing those definitely i think one thing that definitely drives the market on particular models is who's playing them especially when it's somebody like jack white or right Jimmy Page or Eric Clapton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but how did you decide to get uh, into the Instagram game? Because like I said, I, I'm just blown away by the, uh, it's just, they're so fun to watch for me. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, um, I started doing Instagram maybe 10 years ago when it first started. Mm -hmm. I I had a, a photographer who was an assistant of mine. Mm. He just started taking really cool photos of guitars. And I was like, this is cool. This is reaching a lot of people. And then, um, and then eventually he ended up moving to Maine. And then I had to get, I was like, this it was like a thing that we did. So I had to hire somebody to do it. And then we kept doing it. And then when the pandemic happened, 
that was like everyone was looking at the computer and Instagram and and like it was just all internet driven sales. Mm. There was no other way for me to sell guitars. Right. I was like, I just have to focus. I just had to I just had to adapt and focus on the internet because the store, I mean, my store does really well, mm-hmm. like people walking in the store. I mean, there's a lot of people, I'm, there's not that many people who do what I do, but people, there's some people who try to do what I do and they do it just on the internet mm-hmm. only. And so I had to, when the, when the pandemic happened, I had to focus on the internet. So I met this guy, his name's Greg Litt, and he graduated from Skidmore College, which is where I went to college. And mm. he uh, and he sent me a film that he did about like snow on campus and how there should be more snow days <laughs> at Skidmore College. And I was like, you know, you you you'd be great for making films for my website. Just come here and let's do this. And he came to my store, and we that's when we started sitting down and just talking about the guitars and playing them for the camera that we could put on Instagram. So it's pretty, just really feels natural to, to, yeah. to it that way. Yeah. That that's, yeah, it's gotta be a great way to, to reach people. And it's such a good like format for it. You know what I mean? Like it definitely uses yeah. the the space. Well, I, I really enjoy it. Um, I noticed on your, your website here was something really interesting. You, you were one of 25 people in the country who determined the value set in the vintage guitar price guide. How did, how did that happen? So there's vintage guitar magazine and um, they put out a price guide every year. And there's a gentleman named Gil Embray, Hembray and Alan Greenwood who write the price guide and they survey, they pick, people who they know in the in the business mm-hmm. who with reputations for selling guitars or whatever and they um survey them every month on what they've sold and how much they've sold it for mm-hmm. so they contacted me mm. to be one of those guys so that's how that happened oh that's awesome yeah, yeah. Well, I guess they trust your uh, ability to price things correctly then. So. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I hope I'm not throwing them off. Okay, so you know that they have the um the you know the guitars that are new. Relics. It's but, called relic. It's called what? Relict. Relict. Got it. So they have those that are new. And obviously that's not natural. No one's actually played them, but people want that look. So right. you're actually right. selling vintage guitars. Right. And so if you're selling an actual vintage guitar, is it, is it still okay if it looks like that? Because it seems like people want it to look like that if they're buying new ones that are made to look yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, the main thing that people, the main thing that does determine the value of the guitar is if it is all original. It can be worn oh, okay. and it can have marks on it and stuff. You just want it to be original. You want I the fit to be original. You want the parts to be original. Um, you just don't want those things to be changed. I see. Okay. Yeah. I actually, I mean, I don't mind if a uh, vintage guitar has like a, a palm mark or some, like a base where somebody's rested their palm for like 20 years. That's okay with me. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, now, is there like certain designs of guitars that hold up better over time? Is there some that just kind of fall apart if you don't take care of them real well? Like I, I know that some, you know, have like really like, 
uh, I'm thinking of like the the Firebird that that's just like a really like angular guitar. Um, is it is there certain guitars that are harder to keep together over time or just don't hold? As, even though they're good guitars, they may just fall yeah, apart. Yeah, well, Firebirds are notorious for having broken. I see. Okay. Headstocks, but super cool guitars. Oh yeah. They they always fall and break. Yeah. Same with most most Gibsons. Just like the neck is is just made in such a way that if it falls it's probably going to break and crack but fenders are 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 not like that so that's one advantage of a fender is if your telecaster falls over it probably won't crack Mm -hmm. and probably will right right (laughs) it doesn't mean it's any better or worse it's just it's probably a sturdier guitar if you're going to treat it poorly but yeah like uh you've got how many guitars do you have at any one given time in your store store now right now we're at uh 250 wow okay is that is that a normal amount is that high yeah, low? Pretty much, yeah okay gotcha and do do you find a lot of people trying to just like do a trade up straight up swap do you do that ever just like just yeah swap we one tra- the other? Totally, okay. totally open to to trading trading okay. can be great yeah yeah if, yeah, so I'm totally open to training. Cool. Yeah, I just it seems like it might be hard sometimes because I'm sure somebody wants a completely different guitar than what they have. But if it's worth you know enough, I'm sure it may, you can make it worth it. So yeah. um, that's cool. That's cool. Um, well, uh, hey, you know, I really appreciate you taking all this time and, and talking to me. And, and one question I always ask at the end, and I knew you'd have a good answer for this, is what music have you been listening to lately? I've been listening to a band called Geese. Hmm. You heard of them? No, I haven't. What do they sound like? I'm out. They sound like television. Okay, I love television. Yeah. They sound like sort of television meets the strokes. Okay, I was just going to mention the strokes. I know a lot of people compare the two, but yeah, I love I love both those bands. So. <laughs> I've been listening to Geese and I've been listening to I I like to listen to Radiohead. Mm. I don't Geese is a new band that's going to be they're going to you should definitely check them out. I will. Yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So do you ever hear in songs music musicians that you've sold guitars to uh using the guitars you sold them in the in the songs? And you're like, hey, that was the one. <laughs> all the, honestly, all the time. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the dude from uh the Lumineers bought his oh. main guitar from us. I'm like, I watched the Grammys, he's playing it. Oh, that's so dope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, today I sold a guitar, the Arcade Arcade Fire oh, singer, Wynn Butler. Yep, Wind there Butler. you go. I sold uh, a really cool bass to him. He's a good customer. Uh, and and I just, uh, yeah, it's uh, very gratifying when they use them to make great music. <laughs> oh, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, if I uh, if I get to New York City anytime soon, I will definitely come stop by your store, man. I can't wait to to see some of these guitars in person, man. So please do, Rob. Awesome, cool. Well, hey, thank you for taking the time. I know you had a long day <laughs> already, so <laughs> cool. Thank you, Rob. Yes, thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. Have a wonderful night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, RSS, and now Spotify. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. If you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Also, if you want to call or text the show for any reason, the number is 317-674-3547. Until next time.